We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Mixed League LABR draft is the first expert league's draft of the year. It's uh, done in uh, mid-February, right before pitchers and catchers go to spring training. Thought we'd check in on that in the series of Labor Leagues so with the great Steve Gardner, who runs all the Labor contests. Find him on USA Today as well. Coming up on uh, here on the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Sorry for that echo thing. Uh, multiple uh, browser windows open, so good times had by all. Sorry about that. Uh, Jeff Erickson here with Steve Gardner, uh, brought to you by the good folks at Rivals Fantasy and our new sponsor, Stable Duel. We've got Steve Gardner with us. Steve, welcome. How are you, my friend? Hey, thanks, Jeff. Glad to be here and glad to be uh, talking some baseball with you. Yeah, I know. It's great. Uh, hey, it's a quarter of the way in the season. Feels like it's been around. Been, we, we're, we're deep into it, but we got a long, long way to go. And thank God, because my labor team is just struggling right now. Hey, man, you and me both. Uh, we're having some having some issues, and especially with pitching for me. But, uh, you know, that's that's one of the things we hope we can fix over the course of the next, you know, several months, that uh, some of those injured guys start getting healthy, and, uh, and maybe some of those bats will come around too. Yeah, uh, I'll do my uh, – I haven't complained this week about it, but I lost uh, Seeger and O'Neill Cruz in th- within the course of three days. Lost a number of pitchers, including Jeffrey Springs. Let's all shed a tear uh, for that one. Uh, but I held on to Bailey Ober. I held on to Christopher Morrell, and my patience there was rewarded at least because they've been pretty good since uh, finally – since their teams saw fit to play them at the big league level. Yeah. That's true. I mean, that, that that's an excruciating way. And a lot of people, you know, maybe didn't have the kind of patience that you did. And, uh, and I, they have I didn't in other leagues. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's all, all depends on the format, but, um, but yeah, I know I've, I've had my problems too, you know, waiting for, for Gunnar Henderson to come around and mm. uh, uh, all sorts of, you know, Trey Turner has really not been, you know, the number three, I thought he was, I was getting a steal in mixed labor, getting Trey Turner third overall. Right. You know, he hasn't really been that guy all season, not running hardly at all. Um, It's a, it's been a slog for me. 
Well, let's talk Trey Turner. What's wrong with him? Why isn't he producing at that level? I don't know. I, I, I guess he, the funny thing is, is that when he went from the Nationals to the Dodgers, he, he sort of didn't miss a beat. And um, I don't think they're asking him to do anything, you know, ridiculous in Philly. Um, you know, Bryce Harper came back even earlier than most people could have ever, you know, hoped in their most wildest dreams. But yet the, the Phillies have struggled and, uh, and Turner has been part of that. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I think I thought he would run an awful lot more. I think that's right. one of the things. And, you know, one of my, my bold predictions this year was that Trey Turner would steal 60 bases because, you know, the, the changes in the rules and his success rate has been so good. I figured he'd be running every time he got on base and he just not has been doing, has not been doing that. No, he hasn't. Uh, and uh, very frustrating. I, you know, our good friends, Colton and the Wolfman uh, always would askew drafting a player like Trey Turner in his first year of a big contract. Uh, there are exceptions to that, of course, but you know, there, there might be something to that first year of a contract thing. Well, you know, they've the the few exceptions it seems like that the that hap, that do happen where the players do hit the ground running um seem to be outnumbered considerably by guys who struggled or do we just pay more attention to the guys and and that's the instant excuse that we give when There's players gotta be struggle to that with a team? Yeah. You know? For sure. I, I wonder if that too might play a bit of a role. It's like we say every year, gosh, aren't the injuries just worse this year than they ever have been? Right. Um, right. And, and it's always, you know, say the same thing every year. And uh, who knows? You know, what you a know. wild week in the NFL. Right. Crazy exactly. NFL. Yeah, exactly. So uh, a little little confirmation bias there. But definitely Trey Turner is not running. I mean, what five stolen bases, five stolen base attempts this year in uh, in. 40 some games that's that's not what you were thinking i mean i guess we should be encouraged that he's successful um <laughs> in those attempts but uh yeah uh, that is frustrating i think there you know one thing i will say to all this is i don't know if necessarily like the new contract create causes you to have a down to downgrade keep in mind most of the players that are signing a big contract are also the players that are coming off of a career year you know, I can hear Ron Shaler saying regression, yelling regression at me right now. Yeah, and, and and you expect them to have a big year. I mean, if if some middling, you know, free agent signs a one-year, three million dollar deal and changes teams and, and struggles, you know, you're not really thinking about that so much. It's, yeah. The big guys are are at the top of our mind. Yeah. So not only are they coming off of a career, you're usually coming off of a fully healthy year too. Uh, so, and health is usually not going to maintain year after year. You're usually going to have even, you know, even if it's small stuff, bumps and bruises, nicks, you know, here and there, that could be enough to send you off a little bit. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Joel Hanard asks, do we panic a little too early, uh, with all the pitchers dropping like, uh, like flies? Uh, I feel like the fab is mostly pitchers this season because everybody's scrabbling. Is there something to that? Absolutely. I mean, and it, it's sort of a, um, an interesting confluence because we have all these injuries and the prospects that have been available. I mean, where do major league teams go when they need additional pitching? Mm -hmm. They go pick, you know, through the minor leagues, get their guys that are actually having success. And a lot of the top prospects that we've seen that we've dropped, what, 
200 $300 in, in fab on uh, for the last three or four weeks. Um, all those guys pretty much are, are pitchers and, and highly thought of pitchers. So, yeah, I think it's kind of, you know, one thing feeds on, on the other. And uh, that's why we're getting, you know, Tanner Bybee going for 300 and something and uh, Yuri Perez going for 300 and something. Um, we're hoping that those guys can come in and step into those roles because there's a, there's a big void. It seems I wrote a column about this for USA Today Sports Weekly last week about it, may, it does seem a little bit like we're having more pitchers injured this year. And, you know, why, what's the reason for that? You know, is it the pitch clock? Could that be? I mean, that was one of the things saw a baseball prospectus article that talked about elbow injuries up like 41% and shoulders 30, uh, 29% this year. You know, it's early again still, but that's through the same amount of time uh, that we had in 2019, 2020, 2021. Um, and, you know, my, my theory was we're paying more attention to it because there are bigger names that are getting hurt. Yeah. We've got, you know, uh, uh, Carlos Rodon, you know, the two Rays guys, um, you know, all of those, I think I calculated it out of the top 50 starting pitchers in NFBC ADP, 12 of them were on the injured list as of this week. Well, I like though that you actually had data too, and not just, it seems like, you yeah. know, <laughs> um, it, you know, it, it is helpful to know these sort of things. Um, Absolutely. So uh, I, I think that's really interesting too. Uh, and then of course, duration of injury, you have to factor that in, but you know, look at the Rays again, Springs, all, you know, in uh, uh, Rasmussen as well. We haven't mm -hmm. seen Tyler Glasnow throw a pitch at the big league level yet this year. Kind of reminds me of you know, the 2020 though. Remember we had the big three in, in spring training, you know, right before everything shut down, we found out Chris Sale's not going to pitch this year. Right. Um, who are the other, there is uh was Verlander one of those three? I think he might have been. Um, or was it? No, that was the following year. Yeah. Yeah, but there was like a big three. The I remember. Grom might have been in there too. Yeah. Something yeah. like that. And it was like three but. guys in the top 20 among mm -hmm. starting pitchers. And we lost them to TJS in, in like late spring. I don't know why my mind's not, uh, you know, boxing those all together. I do remember, uh, you know, I, I do remember that there. But uh, anyhow, I just, I wonder if like, and we've had some really weird years. We had the, you know, COVID year we had, you know, and then the shortened season after that last year, we had the owner's lockout year where we had to, you know, abbreviated spring training and a rush up to try to get a, get ahead there. Um, mm -hmm. We got a lot, a lot of different things that are, you know, trying to figure that all out, all that out. It's really difficult. Yeah. And when you have so many different variables like that, um, where you can't replicate, you know, the COVID season, you can't replicate the shortened spring training. So you don't really have that to, to compare it to. And, uh, and this year, with the new rules and everything, you know, we're, the easy thing to say is, well, it has to be because of the the pitch clock. So yeah. anyway, I, I don't know. I, it, it'll take, obviously, it'll take an entire season. Then we can look back at the data and maybe see if we can draw some conclusions. But, you know, it doesn't help us as fantasy managers. You know, we just know we're losing pitchers left and right. And, yep. uh, you know, as we're looking at the standings, I think, it seems like maybe maybe this is a, a big blanket statement, but if you sort of focus on hitting as their primary focus in your draft and just said, I'll I'll figure out the pitching, 
you might have turned out a little bit better rather than, you know, making those big investments in those arms. Because, you know, even the Corbin Burnses and and the Sandy Alcantara's guys who who stayed healthy yeah. and you took them early in drafts, you know, they're struggling as well. Yeah, you know, Sandy especially. Uh, Corbin Burns at least has had his good moments here and there. But, yeah, it's mm-hmm. been really tough with those guys. So let me ask you then. You know, we're talking, you know, this podcast was how to save your season that quarter of the way through, even though, you know, as a general gist uh, per number here, like in a labor concept here where we can trade, what's your favorite approach? Would you try to fab your way through it, trade your way through it, be patient your way through it? What, what What's the best way to go? Well, I think early, I, I'm not somebody that's going to make a whole lot of trades in mm-hmm. the first month or two. And I, I sort of subscribe to that, you know, wait, wait a month wait six weeks and let the dust settle a little bit. But we're getting to that point now where you kind of see what you have. And uh, I think now is a really good time to start looking to trading and seeing where you have, you know, a little bit of excess perhaps on your bench or, you know, where you're overly strong, you have, you know, extra relievers or something like that then you can start to trade your way. I think fabbing early and then, you know, when you blow half of your fab for the season, then uh, then you have to resort to other drastic measures. But um, I, I prefer to think, you know, okay, I put all the, the work into it, the research into it to draft a team that I think is going to be successful. Let's wait out some of those bumps if possible, maybe kind of add little increments if you can off the waiver wire, maybe a, a nice big chunk too, if, if the opportunity presented itself. But uh, now we're getting at the point where, yeah, it, it's not going to be fixed because a lot of the prospects have been called up. Um, a lot of the big ones at least. And now you're going to have to start looking toward the trade market. Yeah. The one trade I made in our league is uh more out of like that was a emergency trade almost i traded giolito for jorge mateo yeah it's kind of a challenge trade yeah very early on um it's not like i had an excess of pitching either but i just had no shortstop and as great a shortstop is on draft day it's not so great on fab day absolutely and um you know i'll tell you it, it that was a that was a fun trade because you're sort of i, I like Go back to this. I kind of like the concept if you can find guys of trading and buying high. And, you know, Jorge Mateo is a pretty good example because he started off red hot. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you're losing O'Neill Cruz or somebody like that, you're, you're not going to be able to replace him off the waiver wire because the position is so picked over. So, you know, why not look at a guy who has the skills? Obviously, Jorge Mateo is going to keep running. The Orioles are running, you know, he and Cedric Mullins are, are quite the one-two punch. You know, I, I think that's a, a, an interesting kind of, of trade. I like to make those if I can find guys and find a trade partner. That's the other point. You have to have a trade partner right. um, to be able to pull some of those things off. And, you know, we may still have some, some buy-high opportunities out there. I think the real upset is my Tuesday co-host, Fred Zinke, wasn't part of the trade. Uh, <laughs> Well, Fred's got a pretty good team in mixed yeah. labor so far. I mean, he's sitting up in that number one spot and uh, is looking down on all of us. Yes, so, he is. So uh, maybe, you know, for, for a change, Fred doesn't need to make a whole bunch of trades to uh, to move his way up the standings. Right. By the way, he was offering. You know, he was he's always involved. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. Oh yeah. Or let me help you out. But, uh, you know, <laughs> you know the thing is Fred usually though does, I mean, not Fred offers fair trades. I, I don't really go into this. Oh, another offer from Fred. Delete, no, you know, I, I don't enjoy do that. seeing the, you know, an email from Fred in my inbox. Plus that's a way to talk to Fred, which yeah, he's super, super nice guy. So right. you know, always nice there to, to hear from Fred, but, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, he does not need to trade right now, but yeah, I, I think that the, it's a, kind of important. Yeah. To kind of be patient with, especially with slow stars. I mean, we saw this week, Jack Flaherty, Chris Bassett throw more two gems and they were getting strafed early on Flaherty. This is his first good one. Really first, a really good one in terms of strikeouts at least. So I don't know if he's around that bend just yet, but Chris Bassett was just awful in his first two starts. Miles Michaelis, awful in his early starts. They're starting to come around a little bit, too. Yeah, I, I've got Flaherty in a couple of different leagues, and I did not start him in any of them. Oh, no. And, uh, <laughs> I, I mean, there was, with all of the uh, the upheaval on the Cardinals team, they're, the horrible start, the question about, you know, can Wilson Contreras catch for them, or is he going to be a permanent DH? I didn't want it touch jack flaherty especially because he got shot what what was it he gave up like nine or ten runs against the, in Angels, the previous yeah. start um i mean you don't need you don't need another one of those kinds of starts so uh i, I didn't see that coming and hopefully you know he's got another start this week and that was my thought was okay if he does have a good start i need to see another one before i'm comfortable putting him back in my lineup and you know thankfully i guess if there's any silver lining to all of this is that he gets another start, he's on my bench, and then I can, you know, kind of reset my expectations after. You didn't cut him anywhere? Um, he was on the chopping block and I didn't get anybody in that bid group. So uh so he stuck around. But I was I was ready to cut bait, absolutely. God helps those who can't help themselves, right? <laughs> you know. Exactly. My my cheap skatedness uh yes. may have saved me. How about uh, the young young guns, all the, the expensive starting pitchers? Have you picked them up in any of uh, the labor league so far? You know, I haven't. Um, I, I Again, I've been kind of skimping on my fab, I guess, or, or not being bold enough. Um, I, he I heard you and, and Fred talking about some of the, the varying levels of bids. You know, some people were getting great deals on Yuri Perez this past week or so, but um, I have not. And I, I think, you know, I, it's not like I don't need the help either. I, mm -hmm. I just have not been willing to go that much on a young pitcher who could be up in the majors for a little while, um, could be back in the minors, could be injured. I don't know. I, it's just, it's such a, it's such a roll of the dice. I'd much rather, you know, go after a, a Matt Mervis or, you know, or a Matt McLean, somebody like that coming up that, that does have a chance to possibly stick the entire season, you know, on the hitting side. Yeah. And all you have to do is look at the experience of Taj Bradley to see, uh, you know, what the things that could go wrong. He pitched okay today, by the way, Bradley did. Mm -hmm. Didn't get the win, obviously, but um, was much better than those AAA starts where he was getting used to five versus six, apparently. But uh, very, very difficult thing to do, apparently. Yeah, uh, especially after he was it was just fine, you know, with the Rays in the majors mm -hmm. before they sent him back down. Exactly, exactly. Um, Yuri Perez, I thought was reasonable. He only went for seventeen in our league, uh, and maybe that's because it's the mixed format. Maybe because I had already spent over twenty on Tanner Bybee, so that yeah. was. The guy that spent too much on Bybee couldn't bid as much this time. So maybe that, that had something to do with it there. Um, do you recall how much Mervis went for the week before? 
Oh, I can pull it up. Otherwise, if you don't know, I I don't know off the top of my head. Um, if you know, well, Bryce Miller went for nineteen. Mervis went for thirteen. That's actually kind of reasonable there. Mm-hmm. We gotta. That can't happen. Can't let Zach Steinhorn <laughs> get away with that. No, not at all. Especially yeah, my, my team is, is floundering down there. Um, but uh, yeah, the the one thing I think uh, in, in mixed labor at least is is my hitting is okay, um, but my pitching is just fallen off a cliff. Speaking of Sandy Alcantara, you know, uh, yeah, he, he was he was a guy I took. I think second round pick, something like that. Second or the two, three turn somewhere around, somewhere around there. Yeah. Second round. Oh yeah. That's it. I took Edwin Diaz in the third round. Oh, so maybe that explains February that. drafting. Good times. Exactly. But, yeah. um, but yeah, that's Murphy's not, not a bad, uh, not a bad deal. There hit a home run the other day has yep. struggled a little bit, but um, yeah. First week was rough, but he's getting better. Let's diagnose Sandy Alcantara. What, what's going on with Sandy Alcantara? What's wrong with him? <sighs> You know, I honestly, I don't know. The, the, the funny thing is, is that, you know, he had one of the best starts of anybody this year, a couple, you know, earlier on in the season. He, he went the distance. I think it was the first guy to throw a complete game this season, uh, double-digit strikeouts, and then just hasn't hasn't been able to to duplicate that at all. And I don't know. I mean, it's it certainly uh, the talent level can't be – completely falling off a cliff do you have any do you have any ideas jeff i mean i'm i'm kind of at a loss with him i I don't think the shift limitation is all of it but i think it's a starting point um you know they shifted more than on him than anybody else uh so that that that's probably a starting point um but i don't know it's not babip babip is is higher than it was last year, but you know, getting higher swinging strike rates, it, it just may be one of those things where it's a, a strand rate issue um, because he's still striking out about the same rate as he, as he has been. Right. Um, yeah. I, I'm just looking, bringing up his page. The strand rate is 60% and he's usually a lot closer to 75 so that's um, a starting point. And so maybe that's it. I mean, the, the velocity is still the same. Um, yeah, I, I, I have no clue as to why the results have not been the same old Sandy Alcantara that we've, you know, come to expect been one of the most consistent pitchers in baseball the last couple of years. Yeah. Um, I, maybe it's, I think some of this is just pure variance. I mean, Yep. He's been so good the last two years. He was bound to come down a little bit, um, especially in terms of the hit rate. You know, and, you know, he's almost averaging a hit allowed per inning. He's not yeah. averaging more home runs allowed, really. So you got to yeah. figure it's just, you know, it is, it's not all luck, but batted ball is the starting point there. Yeah. Well, and you're looking again, uh, kind of the, the theme for today is we're a quarter of the way through. He's got eight yes. starts. You yes. expect, you know, he'll make 32 as he has, you know, 32, 33 the last couple of years. So it, he could easily turn it around. And the funny thing is he's getting more swing and miss, yet striking out fewer batters ever, uh, on a percentage basis there. So uh, that that's kind of an interesting conflict there. But uh, anyhow, yeah, I, I think he's a, I, I, I would probably target it. He's not lost any velocity at all. I think I would trade for Sandy Alcantara right now. Yeah. Yep. That, that would not be a bad thing. You can, and you could probably get a discount. The only problem you run into in trying to do that 
is the person who drafted him probably has that, you know, initial investment in and is just waiting for that to start paying off. Um, and they don't want to give up this asset when, right. uh, and let somebody else reap the benefits. Always. That's the, always uh, the tough part to overcome for sure. Um, before we move on, let's uh, hear from our friends at stable duel. Baseball has always been America's pastime, but a close second is horse racing, and we've got the best way to get in on the action. Stable Duel brings a new way to play the races, and this weekend they have over $20,000 in prizes for the Preakness States. Select your team or stable of horses and compete against other players for big money prizes. Watch your stable move up the leaderboard as your horses accumulate points based on where they finish in the race. Don't know anything about horse racing? Don't worry. The app has all you need to know with free data on each horse's record, as well as risk, speed, and value number for choosing your best runners. This is the first game of its kind, and you don't want to miss out. Get in on the action and start perfecting your strategy. Download the Stable Duel app now and begin building your winning stable. Play, race, win with Stable Duel. Download at StableDuel.com. Steve, are you, do you play the ponies at all? I do not. I uh, I like to go to there's a uh, in my hometown there's a, a steeplechase race that uh, they have in the fall and the spring and and I I like to go for the pageantry and the tailgating but uh, I, I I rarely play the ponies. I live about ten minutes away from Santa Anita Racetrack Ooh. and I go like once every other year, maybe <laughs> once every three years. I don't know. Uh-huh. I go for the Santa Anita Derby is when I usually go. They usually have like a beer garden. They had like a 5K beforehand and all right. that. It's fun to go. Yeah, the pageantry but, and everything is is fantastic. Yeah. It's a beautiful core. It's a beautiful track. Uh, Santa Anita, you know, the mountains in the background. It's it's awesome. It's really beautiful there. But I don't know anything about the ponies at all. That's kind of funny. Do you go to the window though, just to make it interesting? Oh, of course, of course. I got to have some action while I'm there. Excellent. Of course, it's one of the few things in California you can, like, that you can actually bet on. So, uh, you know, no sports betting out here. That was made abundantly clear in the last set of elections. So Mm. that won't be happening anytime soon. So it's weird. You would think freewheeling California, you can do anything except bet on sports. Who knew? Who knew? Exactly. All right, we'll move on. Uh, Today's action, we kind of alluded to it a little bit. We talked about Taj Bradley. We talked about Yuri Perez. Some young pitchers going today. Uh, Logan Allen, another one that pitched well against the White Sox. Uh, some fun young pitchers there going. Uh, Perez, he did five innings, got the win. That's mm-hmm. that. That's about your formula right there with Yuri Perez, by the way. He's not going to go more than five or six any given outing. Right. And, you know, he got strikeouts, you know, mm-hmm. what was it, six or something like that. And, right. uh, you know, take advantage of those matchups against the Nationals. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's the formula for success because you know they're going to limit his innings. And if he can go five, they can get a lead for him, um, and he can pitch solidly. The bullpen is actually, I think, for, for Miami's been reasonably good this season. Yeah. So you can, uh, you know, you can't chalk that up for why Sandy Alcantara is not doing well. Right, right. And we saw, you know, Dylan Floro got the save with AJ Puck out for mm-hmm. what looks to be a pretty decent long amount of time. We're going to see a lot of Floro, I think. Yeah, I, I had, I had him over puck i think in most of my my early drafts this mm-hmm. season and and got him on a couple of teams so uh i'm i'm okay with that development yeah i picked floro up there it was two weeks ago he got a save and puck pitched the eighth 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was at that point that I just, I, I pivoted over, you know, I, I gr- tried to grab Floro on a relative cheap. And then of course, Puck got hurt after that. And he was a lot more expensive this past week. Um, Logan Allen didn't get the win today. He, he went five and two thirds, but only allowed a run, had five Ks, uh, seven hits and a walk, but he's pitching pretty well. Cleveland, I'm kind of curious to see what they do. When they get Savali back, uh, right. when, and, Tristan McKenzie's off on a uh, going yeah. on a rehab start soon too. Yeah. So how do you handicap this? I think Bybee sticks in the rotation, I think, but something's got to give. Yeah, um, I I like Bybee. I think he's done a, an excellent job, and um, yeah, all of a sudden now Cleveland with you know one of the worst offenses in baseball so far this season mm-hmm. um their their pitching staff gets a lot better and maybe you know if and i need this too if jimenez and ahmed rosario can start you know at least heating up some small bit um that makes that makes the guardians a lot more dangerous and and makes those pitchers a lot more uh you know effective as well um yeah i think bybee has to stay and you know the worst part for me is i've got a couple of shares of gavin williams that i i've kind of figured that he might be right the first guy to come up in uh, in rolling the dice in the preseason and he's been doing great but um the other guys have, have been solid. Logan Allen and, and Bybee have both been very solid and uh, makes his path a little bit more difficult. Do you and uh, Ian Kahn and the runaway freight, tra- freight train team that you guys have in the XFL, do you have Williams there? We do not. We okay. do not. We've, we're, we're waiting on Tyler Glass now. Okay. Yeah. I've been hearing from Ian. Like, well, early on, I got off to a really slow start there. Um, I, I've come around. I'm in third place now, in that mm-hmm. league, but I'm, I'm still standard deviation behind you guys. But uh, at least, um, but you know, back when I the first couple of weeks of the season, it was pretty rough. And he's like, "Well, if you do decide to quit this, you know, mailing in this year." So, uh, you know, always count on Ian to get a good trade call, and, I, and it's a, always a call which I like. Uh-huh. Exactly. Exactly. He's great about that. And obviously before he calls you, he calls me so we can discuss, you know, what we mm-hmm. want to try and do. And, and uh, we've had some productive trades between our teams as a matter yes, of fact. We have. I think in, in dynasty leagues, it's really the dynamic uh, and folks that can, uh, you know, that are in dynasty leagues can kind of follow along with us here because when you were contending and, and looking for a title, you were willing to maybe dump off some prospects and we were giving you some guys that, uh, you know, that were good and that were active. And so, you know, the, the, when the tide turns, um, then maybe the, the trades go back the other way too. We're like the Padres and Mariners of the XFL. Establish that relationship and it pays off uh, down the road. Well, you know, you, you know, you can work with that, that, that trade partner and Mm -hmm. that that's, and others, you know, you can't. And you, you find that out quicker and later. Well, I'll, I'll just not to go too down a different path or anything um, here, but one of the things that I found in t- making trades, and as we're talking about trying to improve your team, a lot of people are too skittish or afraid to make a bad deal. And yeah. I think that's one of the things that I learned from Ian is that, you know, go ahead and try and make as many deals or Fred Zinke as well. He's embodies this uh, at the same time as well, you know, make a handful of deals. All you have, you don't have to win every one, but if you come out ahead, maybe and your team gets better in two thirds of them or, you know, 60% even 
your team is going to be better. And the, you know, the goodwill working with people and, and establishing those trade relationships, especially in a, a long-term league, a keeper league where you're familiar with everybody, um, it, it does help you considerably uh, in the long run. It does. It absolutely does. Um, and it's definitely, uh, and I, something I, sometimes I get too tied up and I, you know, and I play in too many leagues. You may have heard this before. You may have experienced this before, but mm-hmm. sometimes they get a little backed up uh, and don't get a trade done. And that's frustrating because I know someone like my trade partner might be waiting for me. And I feel bad about that. I specifically in XFL that happened this week with me. I, I was slow to respond. So um, that's frustrating too. try not. Don't be me on that. Try to respond as best as quickly as you can. I know it's not easy sometimes, but uh, do a better, do a better job than I did on this one here. Yeah, I, I've as a commissioner, I, I get some emails. You know, when's the last time we can make a trade for this week? Uh, mm-hmm. You know, when, when's yep. the deadline? Uh, can we make one if the guys aren't playing, but the the week has started already in the league? I uh, may have done that in this league with you. <laughs> uh, perhaps it's possible. It 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 we're we're all we're all trying to get a deal done, and sometimes it just doesn't get done. And and just trying to remember the specifics of each league. That's important. I mean, it, it, there's so many different nuances. We were talking earlier about fab bidding. Excuse me, fab bidding, and you know, talking triple digit prices on pitchers. We're talking NFBC usually at the thousand dollar budget, but in mm-hmm. labor, we have a hundred dollar yep. budget. It's a little less granular. No, it's a lot less granular. Yes, it is. Um, and it's. You know, it's, there are no zero dollar bids. When you're done, you're done. You, you you can't trade fab. You can trade players. You can't. You know, so there's no I don't think there's in the mix. I don't think there's a reclaim component for us because so. nope, there are no salaries. Right. So Jeffrey Springs is just sitting on my I.L. all year. Just to, as a reminder of what could have been. I'm just going to keep him there. He's going to get a ring if we right. that, that seventh place. Ring. Exactly. Yeah, Edwin but, Diaz, hang in there. You know, Edwin yeah. said he wants to come back. So you got a chance. He's, he's sitting him. there on my I.L. too. Yeah. So, but uh, it it does depress the bidding a little bit. And, you know, when you hear, oh, he went for 35%, he went for 40%. Well, okay. He shouldn't go for that much in this league. Or maybe it's an an only league and he should go for more. I mean, that's the thing. I'm in the Rotowire Staff Keeper League. It's 18 teams. Uh, So, like, I I did not have the patience to hold on to Christopher Morell in that league. Oh, cut him. And then two weeks later, he gets a call. But I did get him back. I, I, I spent bigly on him like 37 out of 37 percent of my budget on that i'm not going to be able to keep him anymore i would have had him as a reserve now i'm going to get him as a this is a one-year rental now but at least i got him right well that that's one of those where i'm not gonna i'm not gonna be burned by this mistake and i don't care if i have to pay for it that's not gonna get burned and uh it's the thing with with uh you know hundred dollar fab leagues is you have to agonize over every single dollar there Yep. And, uh, it's, it can, you know, money can run out very quickly, especially once you get to, you know, the, the trade deadline and that shakes everything up there. You need to have a little bit for that. I've always felt that in mixed leagues, you know, you go ahead and be aggressive early, but in only leagues, I try and save as much of my fab as I can for trade deadline and, and guys crossing over. So we'll right. see if that, uh, if that strategy pays dividends or not. Yeah. Some years you get like seven or eight guys that are worth getting on. Sometimes there's two, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you better be one of those top two ones there. And, that, and the word okay. is at least I've seen from, you know, MLB execs that this is going to be a very calm trade deadline. They, they don't see a whole lot of, of uh, major trades 
because I guess we don't have a whole lot of, other than Shohei Otani, I guess, um, impending free agents who draw a lot of the of the attention at the trade deadline. So maybe if you're, you know, you're plotting your course, maybe you go a little bit more aggressively now and uh, you don't save as much as you might uh, as you would in previous years. I think that's a great point. Um, and it, it really does, it is the market. And especially now that we have six playoff teams per league, too, mm-hmm. that's fewer teams. You have a lot, lot less inventory of players to be traded across leagues. Just because pe- teams are loath to give up on the season, unless you're my Reds or Yays <laughs> or things like that. Then you give up right. three years in advance. But Right. Uh, <laughs> but anyways, uh, at least the Reds have some fun prospects. They got Matt McLean coming uh, or already up. They'll have mm-hmm. others coming soon. So at least you get that. But you're, you're absolutely right. It's a great point on like strategy on terms of like when do you conserve, when do you not conserve about the trade deadline. Yep, and I think I've talked myself into uh, making some trade offers this weekend and also maybe bidding a little bit more if we uh, get some interesting players coming up. Yeah, well, this that that's a good segue because we do have some interesting players coming up. Before we talk about them, though, let's get our other bit of business here real quick. Uh, I want to hear from our friends at Rivals uh, Rival Fantasy. Uh, new MLB season means it's time for a new kind of daily fantasy baseball. Rival Fantasy is the fantasy platform reinventing the way daily and weekly games are played. They brought new games in the ballpark this year that fantasy players won't find anywhere else. Rival Fantasy's games include Fantasy Bingo, Head-to-Head Player Challenges, and Fantasy Book, where users can select over-unders for two to five players. With games like this, Daily Fantasy has never been better. Right now, RotoWire listeners can get a $50 protected first play. That means if you win your first play, you keep your winnings, obviously. But if you lose your first entry, Rival Fantasy will fully refund you up to 50 bucks. Go to play.rivalfantasy.com slash sign up and use code ROTOWIREMLB at sign up and deposit a minimum of $25 to get your first entry on Rival protected up to $50. Now's the time to step up to the plate and become a rival today. Welcome to the arena. Also, real quick, we're on the Blue Wire Network. Here are their ads. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. 
Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Okay, we have some hitters, finally. We had Matt Mervis earlier. We're going to have Matt McClain this week. Mm-hmm. You know, Too bad we already we didn't get a bid on him before Coors Field Series, although they didn't really do a whole lot there. But uh, we finally have, have some hitters coming up here. It, this, this could potentially be a really good week. Yeah, I think so. Mark Vientos also. Uh, yeah. The Mets called up, and uh, he had a home run. I mean, it's it's th- that's not bad. Not bad. And... Uh, also, I guess um, Matt Libertor as well yeah. uh, for the Cardinals. And I don't the, know if Rochio is going. Rochio is going to stay for Cleveland too because he's he's a prospect of some ilk as well. Mm-hmm. But so, uh, Matt yeah, McClain, let let's talk about him. Let's talk about the Reds. I mean, I pulling teeth to get me to talk about the Reds, but, <laughs> especially on in a good light, right? Yeah, finally. Uh, now, so the, the, he's the first of their like crew of prospects. Uh, to uh, go ahead and get the call by the Reds, I'm kind of, I'm kind of curious to see if he's eventually going to stay at shortstop, or are they going to put Ellie De La Cruz there? Are they going to put uh, Noelve Marte there eventually? They have copious options. Yeah, and I, I hate to say it, I don't really like the Reds' track record when they have a glut of players at a particular position. Uh, the Nick Senzel comes to mind. Yep. You, know, uh, you know, oh, we can't play him at third base because that's already covered. But I think of shortstops, if you've got a bunch of shortstops, you can find places for them to feel comfortable. Um, so you don't necessarily have right. to uh, to worry about the glut there. And I think that's probably one of the reasons why they, they went and traded for Marte and, and got him um, in that deal with Seattle. But yeah, I think McLean is an interesting guy. I mean, he's not a big guy, but he does have a little bit of pop. And uh, so, yeah, I think he's he's intriguing and he's having, uh, uh, not arguably, but definitely having a better season than Ellie De La Cruz in terms of just production in the minor leagues. So it makes sense that he would be the guy that uh, the Reds would call on first older you know that, that you know it wasn't hurt at the start of the year all these things are apply uh for sure um so and you know he was he they, he's kind of tracked like a level above him most of the time this is the first year they're really together mm-hmm. uh, per se but and Car- and st- strand i wouldn't be surprised we see him pretty soon too especially because quietly the reds have said very little about joey Votto's status we haven't seen Votto yeah. all season long 
I finally gave up on him in XFL. I was like, yeah, I'll hold on. We'll see. Maybe, you know, because he's always an OBP monster. Uh, but I had I had to fill the spot at some point in time. So well, and he was he was playing, you know, this spring. He was playing with the triple A team, wasn't he? And it was and when the for a while started, and then he came back. Yep. And then that sort of we we didn't hear any more about him. So it's it's a shame because he was he was one of you know my favorite guys to watch play baseball. He Absolutely. he enjoys the game. I, I loved I loved his uh his wit. Um and uh yeah, he was just a fun guy to to root against for some people and a fun guy to root for for others. Right, exactly. Um how about Vientos? Mets called him up. They played him on in his first day up, homered. And his reward was to sit in favor of Tommy Pham the next day. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, he's a third baseman. Brett Beatty's a third baseman. And, you know, if you're trying to shuffle guys around, you know, maybe you would think of first base, but Pete Alonso is there. So now I guess somebody's yeah. got a DH perhaps. And that's not, uh, you know, that's not optimal when you've got a young guy coming up. And, and a prospect, you want to have those guys in the field. You want them to play, you know, and, and get defense, offensive reps and everything. And um, I don't know how the Mets are going to do that. I mean, I guess possibly Beatty has played some outfield. Vientos has played a little bit of outfield. So it's possible that uh, one of them could move out there. But I think it's one of those cases where if he can hit and help your offense, you need him in the lineup. Yeah, and I was just gonna say you don't want them uh, DHing, but that DHing is better than working on your sitting game. So, uh, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Then be yeah. ready for one pinch hit at bat late. Right. Right. Uh, I mean, Starling Marte has been pretty poor this year. Mark Canna has been pretty poor this year. Fam hasn't done much. Um, I think that's most of your path to playing time, and that's why I mentioned Fam as the culprit here, yeah. even though he's like a corner outfielder. You know, I think I figure if you can play third base, you could probably learn corner outfield, but. Cardinals thought the same thing with Jordan Walker. Not, not sure that's working, but you know, you mentioned Nick Senzel earlier, and that was kind of a problem with Senzel is they couldn't figure out what position they wanted to put him at. I think that screwed up his progress. Mm -hmm. And I wonder, you know, the same sort of thing with, you know, with my team, my favorite team and Gunnar Henderson with the Orioles and how, if it weren't for Jorge Mateo playing as well as he has, mm -hmm. I figure Gunnar Henderson would be their everyday shortstop because, you know, he's, He's a, 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 a good defender, not as good as Mateo, but he can handle the position and to get his bat when, you know, he's reaching his potential um, at a shortstop spot, you know, that's, that's gold right there. And uh, so the Orioles, I, I guess, have uh, an embarrassment of riches to some degree, but uh, it has also, I think, kind of helped to keep his development uh, maybe a little bit slower than it would have been. I agree. Just played him at one position and, and forgotten it. And meanwhile, the Orioles have a couple of great corner. I mean, middle infield prospects uh, just bursting, waiting to get the call. Jordan Westberg is, is breaking at triple A. He's ready. I think yeah. at least offensively, but if you got Mateo and, and Henderson up uh, in the at short and third, then you, you're thinking about second, but they also have Connor Norby too. So, I mean, they, they, mm -hmm. they just, they're just, it's a good problem to have to be so loaded. And they they signed Adam Frazier for some reason this yeah. offseason. So and he's got to get it back. And he's not doing too badly either. So um, I guess that's one of the things when you have Ramon Arias go down, 
you know, you have that kind of depth. And that's why the Orioles have been able to to hang in there and and be as successful as they've been so far For this sure. season. One of the one of the most pleasant surprises, I think, in in all of baseball. Yeah, especially because they didn't spend money this offseason on starting pitching. And starting pitching is still a problem for them. You know, it is. What do you what do you do with Grayson Rodriguez, by the way? Do you have Grayson anywhere? And I do. I have him in, doing with him? in one league. I'm I gotta truck him back out there. Um it's uh it's one of those where I don't have any better options or they're hurt. <laughs> and so I'm living and dying with every five inning, four earned run, five strikeout start, and uh, just hoping you know, that, that the winds will come and, you know, some of that, you know, prospect ceiling will get a few more glimpses of it. Yeah. So I've got Grayson and uh, Lance Lynn and AL Towers and yeah, lack of better alternatives, especially because I lost Springs in that league too. There's a theme there on, I, I lost Springs in lots of places. Mm. Uh, and then I lost uh, Jose Urquidy, which wasn't as, as painful, but still it's another seven dollars in auction you know that that that's auction currency that i could have spent on a hitter instead and i, I someday i'll learn my lesson on that not today steve but uh yeah well if if you've avoided the injury bug especially in only leagues this year then you're probably in the top three or four uh in your standings not that that's sure. not something that you could say every year but especially on the pitching side um if you've been able to get through without having one of those key components go down and create a huge hole in your roster um you're you're probably liking life right now yeah you talked earlier about uh trey turner being a top five pick that has underperformed perry asks what is going on with j-rod he's another guy julio rodriguez is another guy that you know you spent significant draft capital on you paid a big chunk of money and and fat or in your in your auction on him and you're not getting you're not getting anywhere close to what you paid for on him well, what's his story right now, and is there anything actionable we can do with him? Well, I just look back to last year, and he started slowly last year mm-hmm. as well. You know, uh, taking a lot of called strikes, getting a lot of bad umpire calls for third yes. strikes, and uh, but he was still stealing bases, and because he was doing that, his fantasy value was still you know reasonably acceptable. Um, he he's not doing that as much this season and as a result his hitting struggles you know are are compounded i still obviously we know how talented he is and uh i think that a breakout has got to be right around the corner very soon with julio rodriguez i mean uh just the everything that he has you know power speed um plate discipline is pretty good i mean that's that's a guy that shouldn't be getting into these long extended slumps and so uh i'm i'm holding him i'm not trying to to sell him at a low point um and i don't know that i'd be able to to put together a good enough offer to trade for him now but uh i i don't see any reason why he shouldn't be back as one of the top players and and returning that draft day value very soon i'm with you on that i've got him in one nfbc main event and i also have him in tgfbi so uh your lips to the guy, the, the fancy guy's ears. There, I, I'm I'm holding on for dear life. I, my XFL team hopes the same. Yes, indeed. Uh, let's finish with the Nats. Uh, a couple of players I wanted to talk about there. Your local nine, uh, C.J. Abrams had himself a series against the Mets over the weekend, a four-day wraparound series. Before that, he hadn't done a whole lot. Uh, really, kind of just meh. Yeah, you know, 
I still think he's got some talent, but uh, I, I want to see it on a non-Mets basis there. Right. Yeah. I, I'll tell you, I, I've, I've been impressed some of the at-bats that he's had against left-handed pitchers. He's, he's hung in there mm-hmm. and reasonably, I mean, he's put up not, not great OPSs this season, but he was horrible against lefties last year. And he's improved this year to the point where it's basically a wash. He'll hit almost as well against lefties than he, as he does against right-handed pitchers. I think the one issue with CJ Abrams, we, we all, you know, thought that he was going to be a speed source and would be running an awful lot. And he, he's only attempted seven stolen bases this year and hitting down there in the number nine spot. That was another thing too. I think that we may have yeah. overrated CJ Abrams a little bit is thinking that he'd win like the leadoff job or he'd hit in the number two spot or something like that. He's been number nine hitter pretty much the entire season. That's right. And uh, until he moves up in the lineup and, you know, Lane Thomas has been pretty good and Luis Garcia has been pretty good and has been hitting second for uh, most of the year Um, until he moves up in the lineup. I think uh, his value is still going to be a lot lower than we'd hoped. Yeah, that, 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 that is always a, is a problem is hitting there. I mean, it's remember Victor Robles, you know, hitting ninth before uh, and how much that dragged him down in addition to his own struggles at the plate. Right. Robles, by the way, he was playing pretty well before he got hurt. Yeah, exactly. He was running a lot and, and looking a little bit. Uh, I mean, his quality of contact the last couple of years has just been abysmal, like one of the worst in the majors. And uh, he, he got a little bit of an uptick there, um, was a little bit more uh, disciplined at the plate and not swinging at everything. So that was a positive sign. But then you take all of those good things happening and then he gets hurt and he's out for a while. Uh, just I worry about him having to reset everything and, and start from zero and lose all of those gains that he was making. Yeah. Uh, and that, that's, that's the frustrating thing on the pitching side. They've had a couple of good stories. Josiah Gray's had some good outings and Mackenzie Gore has as well. Yeah. I I'm really, really happy to see the, the Josiah Gray turnaround because he's a guy that I I've been in on, um, not, not all the way in, but just one of those heads you hope and you think that the, that, he's one skill away and that's allowing those home runs. And if you can get that under control, then he could be a completely different pitcher because the stuff is really good. The Nats loved him. Um, and I think you know, they weren't going to get that Scherzer Turner deal done if they didn't get Josiah Gray in the deal. Right. And uh, he was, you know, was showing that in the minor leagues with the Dodgers and just got hammered in DC when he came and it hasn't turned around until this year. And we still see the same sort of skills, you know, the bat miss, you know, missing, missing bats and, and the good stuff on his, on his uh, off-speed pitches. But the home runs, he's been able to control them a little bit and not get into as much trouble, not allow the big innings. And as a result, the ERA looks, looks incredibly well. Yeah, it does. And then Gore has been healthy so far. On uh, that, you know, we didn't get to see him last year in DC. He he looks pretty good too. I think they have a, themselves a keeper there, and it's been hard to find good starting pitchers for this organization. Absolutely, and uh, you know the the prospect pedigree was there for Mackenzie Gore, and yep. we saw a little bit of it in San Diego, and then just having all the injury issues and and not being able to to show his stuff, and and finally getting that shot. 
um, there, he's he's definitely very talented. All right. We're going to finish with a couple questions before we let you get out of here. Uh, Matthew says uh, he just lost uh, Dustin May. Go Bybee or Paxton as a replacement for May? I'm going to go Bybee. Um, I mean, Paxton, the, the, the velo for him was, was excellent. Uh, but again, the injury history, it's so long and so detailed. Um, I, I can't put my weight behind him and, and count on James Paxton as much as I'd like to, because I'm he was, he was one of my favorites, uh, you know, several years ago. And it's, it's painful to have to admit that. If we had a cool nickname bonus in our fantasy leagues, then big maple would be, uh, one of the guys high on the list, but we don't. So, Absolutely. Uh... Yeah. Peter asks, uh, trade, he just traded away Trey Turner. We were talking about him earlier and Alex Manoa, who amazingly we hadn't got this full podcast and hadn't talked about him yet. Oh, right, right. Talk about him every time, uh, for Zach Wheeler, and Nico Horner in a points league, your thoughts. Ooh, I mean, I'm still, I'm still thinking Trey Turner is going to be a monster mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, I, I don't know that I would have done that. I mean, it, points league, I don't know that that changes the dynamic. I mean, Nico Horner, I, I worry about, you know, the, the ability to make quality contact for him. Yeah. I mean, he can, he can hit for average. I think we've seen him do that, but in terms of extra base hits and, and that's what your points leagues, you know, reward you for uh, Trey Turner doesn't walk a whole lot, but the extra base hits that he, that he gets the doubles and the triples and, and home runs, I think makes him eminently more valuable than, uh, then Horner and then Manoa. I don't know what to think, but uh, you'd yeah. have to think he's going to be better. Um, and Wheeler's not been you know, great shakes either. This season. Well, that's just the thing. Yeah. Wheeler has been eh, just eh. like I used him in DFS on tout Tuesday and yeah. was, I chose poorly. I, I have him on several leagues in several leagues. And I, I've been waiting for that because, you know, he's, he, he's been so good. And this is sort of out of character and uh, I, I can't really figure out a reason for his struggles this year. Yeah, I can't either. And the whole Phillies malaise, it feels mm-hmm. like right now, except for Harper, who's looked great since coming back. He's How about amazing. That? that was, yeah, that was my one success. I think I got Harper in several leagues, including oh, nice. mixed labor. So uh, hopefully, hopefully my team's on the upswing. You're the guy. All right. Nice. I, yeah. I did. I, I tried to get him everywhere I could. I got him in XFL, so I'll be rooting for you along with me here in the same time there. So there we go. I think we traded Bryce Harper to you, didn't yes, we? Yes, at one point in time. Ball. I believe so. Back in the uh, day. Yeah, I think you are correct about that. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, maybe that, that that's, that's I think that's a good pro- drop-off point there. And maybe we'll think about maybe the next trade that we'll do someday. Steve, All right. awesome stuff. Thanks for spending an hour with me today. Really appreciate it. Enjoyed it, Jeff. It just flew right by, didn't it? As always, as always. That's Steve Gardner, everyone. Follow him. Of course, give him a follow on Twitter. Uh, Read him in USA Today. You can, of course, get him on Twitter at Steve A. Gardner um, and read him on USA Today. Uh, Coming up tomorrow, we got got, uh, two star stars with uh, Clay and with Todd. Make sure to tune in for that. Next week, I'll have Michael Govier on the Thursday podcast. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Take care.